Welcome to the Elevate Together podcast, voices of change in the business of law. Hello, this is Nicole Giantonio, the head of global marketing at Elevate. The podcast episode you're about to hear is part of our impact series featuring Elevate customers implementing transformative change. In this episode, Matt Todd, Vice President of Elevate's flexible legal resourcing business, Elevate Flex, talks with Jeffrey Vance, a partner in Perkins Coie's litigation practice and firm-wide chair of the e-discovery services and strategy practice. Jeff and Matt talk about the rollout and adoption of the Elevate Flex model within Perkins and that the time is now for firms, partners, and clients to embrace this flexible and impactful approach. So Jeff, why did you need to implement the change that you did? In the age of the pandemic, we are facing some staffing challenges. And as a law firm, we don't have the luxury of hiring enough people to stand by waiting for the next big project. We have benefited from the ability to scale at a moment's notice or a few days notice when we need to without having an entire group of people waiting for work on our end. That's a big change for a law firm to go through from its classic operating model. When you were thinking about implementing that, what were some of the challenges that you thought you might encounter in implementing that change? Well, first, it wasn't as big of a change for us as you'd think. Because the group I run, which is the e-discovery services and strategy group, has used the system the entire time where we pay some people full-time salaried positions and others in a pool of e-discovery contract lawyers from which we pull and scale. So that concept was used by my group in Perkins Coie for the last five years. So we demonstrated it was successful. We demonstrated that we could reduce our costs and become extraordinarily responsive very quickly. The next step was to take that model and replicate it in a much bigger scale. We were talking about document reviewers, which are of small niche. Now we're expanding it to all sorts of types of positions, types of seniority, geography across the country. That's the challenge we're facing now. It's how to take what we got really good at with a small segmented solution and expand it to our entire firm all of the practice groups within our firm. So that's the challenge we face so far. And in implementing that, are there any particular kind of areas of pushback that you've experienced from partners, from associates? Mostly from the partners. The instinctive reaction from a typical partner is whether the quality of talent is there. Will the person that we engage from Elevate be a good lawyer such that That lawyer does not have to be micromanaged, and we don't have to be worried about that lawyer's quality of work. That's the instinct of reaction. Our goal continues to be to demonstrate that these lawyers are fantastic lawyers, good at what they do, they like what they do, and don't need handholding or micromanaging to be successful. I'm thinking about this both from the point of view, perhaps, of diversity and inclusion, but also looking at things like education. The partner's with whom I've worked realize that the school itself or any of the formalized educations doesn't mean as much, especially the more senior a lawyer becomes. So I don't know that that's really ever a threshold question. It's really about experience. What has this person done? How have they done? How many experiences have they had after law school? And how can we make sure we vet them completely so we realize they're not only good lawyers, they're good fit. Perkins prides itself on its culture. 
And we really care about that. And we want to make sure everyone we work with, everyone who is an agent of our firm has that same, I'm a great lawyer and a great person mentality. I know here at Elevate Flex, we're thinking about implementing one example would be the Gallup Strengths Finder as a way of being able to understand perhaps how someone might complement the existing work culture in a way that perhaps a skills-based or an experience-based resume doesn't. It's good to hear about the Gallup suggestion and I'm all for it. That's the kind of thing that I think is, is creative. It's innovative and finding new ways to identify really great people and lawyers. So we haven't done that. We're doing the classic reference check, actually checking references, doing the background check, criminal background checks, making sure people are are certified as lawyers in their particular state. We haven't done anything more than that. That to me is the next step throughout law firms and with this relationship with Elevate Flex. The essence of the heart of the Flex program is speed, is being able to go from the client ask to being able to place someone quickly. There's a tension there between how much we can do to understand those qualities that aren't immediate from a resume to make sure that the fit is exactly where it needs to be. I think it gets easier as we go. The more we work with particular people, the next time we want to hire them, as this relationship grows and we communicate more, this system will only get better. The core piece of the value proposition that Flex brings is to talent perhaps more than customers, although I can see the benefit to customers, is that we try and place and then replace people as we get to know them better. The benefit to talent because they get that variety of experience that then enables them to be able to be more effective in the roles that they go on to take. What are some of the expected longer-term benefits of the change? Obviously, there's an immediate benefit in being able to say yes to the clients that you have. But what do you see as some of the longer-term benefits that might manifest? Well, one of the longer-term benefits we just mentioned, which is the longer we have a relationship with Elevate Flex, the more we are able to identify top-notch talent quickly and understand that they not only fit into the Perkins Coie culture, but whoever the client we may succumb them to or place them with, we know that they are well-liked and have have developed good relationships with the client too. That's really important because they are the face of our firm to this client. That's the future of law firms too, is to be able to say yes. And that will continue to be important. Firms start to combine and whittle down, especially when clients are whittling down the number of law firms they are hiring, to say yes more and more and more because the types of questions will be asked, the types of lawyers our clients will be seeking will continue to expand. As we change this economy as we get more tech, we see that the opportunities that our clients ask us to fill are so different now. And with the relationship with Elevate Flex, we can work together on that. We can foresee what we think will happen in a year or two and start to recruit that talent now before we're being asked to place that talent. That is really exciting. It's exciting for us here in Flex as well to be able to partner with you and your partners to look ahead at what changes are going to come up, what challenges, what jobs are your clients going to have to be doing in six months so that we can begin pipelining candidates ahead of time so that we can move quickly when the need arises, but move quickly knowing the talent that we have through things like interviewing and screening them to make sure that the right fit for the role. Are there any differences that you see between what makes a great, I'll say, secundee and what make a great associate. Is there any differences there or the skills, the approaches, pretty much the same? I think as a Sagundi, you have to be able to fit within a certain environment very quickly and adapt almost instantaneously. I'm an army brat. I move every two years and I develop that quality from that. There are plenty of great associates who wouldn't have the ability 
to just put something down, push pause and go to a new client and develop new skills and learn to deal with new people all very quickly. So I think the ability to be agile and to adapt is a skill set that not all associates have, not all great associates have, and yet a great secundi must have. What we've seen with secundis and other placements is it's less about quality of work, at least at the beginning, and more about the ability to join a new environment and fit in and demonstrate you're a hard worker and just demonstrate you're responsive and that you care. As a law firm or as client-based, recognize this person is just a great person to fit into our team. That's when they demonstrate what great lawyers they are. But the first part is just demonstrating you're ready to pitch in and that not all associates have to have that because they've already been integrated into our firm. They've already been working with a select number of partners and counsel. They don't have to adapt because it's just business as usual. It's interesting. One of the things that we hear sometimes when we're directly placing people with customers is they ask for a little bit more junior people than we might expect for the job to be done. And when we push on that, they'll say things like, you know, I don't want anyone more than six years qualified. And when we ask why, it's not that they want someone particularly junior. It's that they're looking for people who won't come with a great deal of baggage as to how things are done. And they'll be open to be able to apply their skills to different situations. And it sounds as though that's the same kind of thing that clients are asking for and are really embracing. We see the same thing. And it's not price. They don't come and say, I want a second or third year because they want to spend less than a sixth or a seventh year. They want someone who hasn't developed any bad habits or is still being molded into an attorney so they could fit right in, plug and play into their organization versus they only know one way to do it because they've been taught for seven years and it's much harder to change direction then. And I remember I clerked for a federal judge at a law school and, and I was just so hungry and energized and excited. And I see that in certain lawyers and I don't see that in others. They're all good lawyers. But I think what we're really saying is it's less about junior versus senior and more about I want someone who's hungry, who's energetic, who's excited to be part of this team. We'll often come back and say, and it's been particularly over the course of the pandemic, actually, there are more senior attorneys who were looking for work. And we would go back to our clients and say, well, this person who is 12 years qualified is willing to come in at that particular rate, and we'd still get pushback there. We found it's an interesting thing from a diversity and inclusion point of view, because obviously what we don't want to say to someone is, you're of X years experience you're not suitable for this role. It's about, I think, recalibrating and retuning the way that we talk about these things to focus on the strengths we're looking for, which are the openness and the willing to lean in and to defocus on years of experience as that can lead us down the wrong path. I agree. But there's a second part to it. I do think we owe it to those more senior people within your pool to educate everyone about the stereotype. I think some people are stereotyped as if you're 12 years out of law school and you're doing it, this way, that maybe there's something that's a negative knock on you when that's not true. This, right. is a, this can be a lifestyle decision. It can be just the ability to work for lots of different companies and have lots of different experiences on your own time at your own pace. There's lots of great reasons to be an Elevate Flex lawyer. We owe the clients some education on it. These people are great lawyers. They made this choice. They volunteered to do this. And therefore, you don't have to worry that someone who's 12 years out may have a knock on them versus someone who's more junior. I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about mm-hmm. junior inexperience. Right. And, and I think that's what we're seeing more and more is I think the more senior people are saying, you know what? I'll take less money. I just want a shot to work at this particular organization doing these kinds of things to better their career too. 
Absolutely. And that's one of the things that's been so refreshing and encouraging about working with Perkins is that approach embodied in, in every aspect of the culture that you have and in everyone that we've had the pleasure of working with. Just turning back to clients for a second, you know, we talked about a couple of the things. Is there anything else that's come up from some of your clients that have been notes of concern about working with a flexible pool rather than taking a Perkins associate or partner? Instinct is, hold on, I thought you're a law firm of 1,200 people. Why can't you find just one for me that we can work with? Our clients who have worked in the law firm environment understand it's really hard to have people sitting on the sidelines. The greatest lawyers we have are the busiest lawyers we have. It's very hard to find new opportunities that are full-time opportunities for our better lawyers. Lots of terrible things about the pandemic. But one of the positive things is clients are more and more likely to understand that this scale solution that we've developed with Elevate Flex is a really great idea. And it allows them to get the best of both worlds. They can scale up. They can truly say, I need someone in our offices or in our virtual offices in a week. And we can say yes. At the same time, they get a law firm like us with a long relationship with those clients to supervise those lawyers and to make sure that they not only fit in seamlessly with the client, but do good work. So I think it's less and less. Two years ago, it would have been harder to convince clients. I think now more and more what we see is they expect it. And they're facing the same challenges. They're facing challenges on permanent headcount, but yet the business is beginning to pick up and they need to be able to respond to that and respond to it in a cost-effective way, which I think this is a solution that provides them with that rather than perhaps 10 years ago, they'd have been looking at taking two of your associates on the billable hour for 50 hours a week for a couple of weeks at a time. That's just not a cost-effective way of being able to do that. I've been having some really interesting experiences where The client will specifically say, I don't want one of your associates because don't want to distract the associates that are already working with us. We want an additional team member to supplement that associate. So reason, I really like the relationship because it allows us to keep the associates on the team and add to the team. Just going back to how you implemented this change, how did you approach that on an office-by-office basis, on a client-by-client basis? What have you found to be the best way of being able to roll this change out? Well, the first thing we did is we needed management committee buy-in. This needed to be owned by our leadership and supported and advocated by our leadership. So that was step one. Step two was truly to take a two-part approach. One is to address particular client leads because we identified a number of clients that were more likely to take advantage of this solution. And so we worked with particular client leads and the practice group leaders. As a law firm, we are practice group driven and the practice group leaders help decide most of the hiring and, and staffing. And so we needed each practice group leader to support this too. So it's through the two different approaches after we got management buy-in. The best messaging is messaging seven times, those kind of truisms. Is that something that you found to be true in the rollout and the communication that you have to keep reminding people that this is available to them and of the benefits? Absolutely. We're very busy. Our email boxes are cluttered. <laughs> so yes, we need to continue to remind the various leaders within the firm and the client leads and the practice group leaders in a number of different ways. We have webinars and we have individual meetings, one-on-ones to remind them. We are there for their practice group meetings or their office meetings. So we try to do it in many ways to as many people as we can. But it also gives us an opportunity to give them an update each and every time. Our relationship continues to grow. Things change every day. We're learning from mistakes we make, repeating successes. The next month is going to be different from the prior month. And we owe it to my partners to tell them about that. It's less about being repetitive and saying the same thing over and over. It's really just giving them weekly, monthly updates on how this has improved. 
And every month we have more success stories to tell, which gives people much more comfort to do this. As with many changes at law firms, it's those stories of success that are some of the most compelling ways of being able to incent behavioral change, being able to really talk about a particular client, a particular situation, and about how this benefited that situation. Have there been any surprises? I mean, many of the things that we've been talked about are perhaps challenges that you or I might have looked ahead to at the beginning and said, these are some of the things we might face. Anything that's been surprising in the way that's occurred during the rollout? Not really. And the reason is we had a great team that worked with me on developing this process. We did a pretty good job of making sure we identified all of the challenges we would face so that we could alert our leadership and let them know what this path is going to look like so that we manage their expectations. I guess it's not a surprise, but it continues to be a struggle of convincing certain lawyers that the lawyers within the flex pool are going to be great and are going to do a great job. And with not as much handholding as they think, can be really successful with each client or even if they're placed with us. However, the number of those partners with those visceral reactions keep going down and the number of lawyers who advocate for this keep going up. And I think that is real success. I'm a trial lawyer. It's all about storytelling. Putting together the story, articulating it, framing it well, and explaining to people that their challenge can be met by our solution. And that is success. Well, that's fantastic. Jeff, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and talking about both the challenges, the rollout. This is going to be the first of a two-part podcast. And when we come back, we can perhaps talk about some of those particular stories and about the success that together we've been able to affect working with your partners, your team, and your clients. I look forward to that. I appreciate this opportunity. It's good to chat. Thank you. Tune in to the next episode of the Elevate Together podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and elevateservices.com.